0: Ladies and gentlemen, Thanos may demand your silence, but he can go jump, for this is a Fred the Alien Productions podcast. Warning, spoilers ahead. (laughs) ¶¶ Spoiler-filled recap of Avengers Infinity War Um, I will be discussing the movie in complete detail covering all the major plot points all the spoilers all the big reveals all the sadness and the greatness that makes up this movie Um, so please don't watch this stop now go see the movie come back because you will not want any of this spoiled for you I guarantee you it's most most definitely best viewed um, without knowing anything that happens um so yeah go watch it come back check in with me sit down and watch the rest of this video because I don't know how long it's going to be we're probably going to be here for a little while because there's a lot to discuss because there's a lot that happens in this movie um but thank you for joining me and thank you again to everyone who has taken the time to watch all of my previous videos leading up to this um it really does mean the world to me so thank you Um, Okay, before we dive into the movie, um, I rewatched the trailers uh, for it, (laughs) because they're freaking amazing trailers, like who, you can't, you cannot compare these trailers to anything else, they're incredibly done, Um, so well done, I I freaking love them. Um, That first trailer though, I think watching the trailer one and then trailer two back to back, The first trailer is still definitely the best one, I think, because it really kind of does the best job in setting up this um, overwhelming sense of dread, like something bad is going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. Yeah, uh, pretty accurate. Um, Nothing really beats for me that opening part of that first trailer where it's, you know, they say the line that, Nick Fury said in the first one, you know, there was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more and fight the battles we never could. Um, They never could, rather. Um, And, yeah, just the use of that and the music and all the different shots and just the tension and the suspense and the thrills you get from it. It just completely sets the movie up perfectly. Second trailer does the same thing, but not in the same way, I think. It's slightly different. Um, It kind of gives the film an element of hope to it um which is fine which is we need hope in a time like this (laughs) having watched this movie but um but it's still obviously that sense of dread but yeah definitely more i don't know like ah like okay they're gonna fight they're gonna take the fight to him because he you know tony stark's like you know he's coming We've got one advantage. He's coming to us. Let's, we've got the stones, let's use them against him and all that. So it's kind of like, okay, they're going to mount a defense and it's going to be fine. Uh, (laughs) The first trailer. Yeah. I really like, I really enjoy that, um, you know, the whole line Thanos says about dread it, run from it, destiny still arrives, um, which is probably a really good way to start my review of the film. So here we go. I'm going to get emotional, just FYI, because I cried like a baby (laughs) watching this in the cinema. I've never reacted to a movie like this before in my life, ever. Um, I still can't believe the things that I witnessed in this film. It's such... Okay, I'm going to try not to cry, but I'm probably going to cry. So here we go. So destiny has arrived. the beginning of the movie, you know you're in trouble. We, we knew straight away something was wrong. I'm, I'm sitting there, the credits are coming and it's the images of the characters, like that awesome Marvel Studios logo they do. It's really long and really dramatic and over the top, but it's awesome. But there was no fanfare. There was no music, no glorious, uplifting, here we are. It was silence. Followed by a voiceover of someone making a distress call from the Asgardian Ark, the vessel we saw with the remainder of the Asgardian people at the end of Thor Ragnarok. And of course, the first post-credit scene of that was Thanos rocking up. Um, And, you know, Thor being like, don't worry, brother, everything will turn out fine. (sighs) Thor, you're so naive. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, so, yeah, the opening scene. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time watching this, because I'm like... I pre- so, before I saw the movie, a few days before, I was having a conversation with a friend, and I said, um, look, I'm fairly certain Loki's gonna die. I'm going into this movie fully, fully preparing myself to witness my favourite character be killed. Um, um but... <laughs> God. And so I said, but I'm like, at first for ages, I was like, well, surely they won't kill off one of the most popular characters of this franchise in the opening scene of the film. Surely not. Surely not. Um, and then, you know, as I, we got closer and closer, the fear of dread just really started to take over. And I was just like, okay, all right, I'm just going to brace myself. This is going to prob- probably, is going to happen. And then my, because my, I, I said to a friend, I was like, well, what better way? to really uh, start your movie, set the tone, and set up your villain, um, set up Thanos as who he is, as the, the most powerful villain the MCU has ever seen. What better way to start that and set it up by killing off the villain from your first Avengers movie, from the first time of them all coming together to fight a common enemy, even though Thanos was pulling Loki's strings um, in the first Avengers film, but you know, um loki was the one directly dealing with them obviously so you know and they 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 struggled against him for most of that movie and obviously they came out on top but yeah so but obviously he's you know quite powerful and we know loki's very powerful um and then yeah so i was just like well you know that would be a really good way to do that and then they and then they did it and I was crying for about five minutes. I couldn't stop crying, and I'm going to cry now because it was so brutal. It was so... I'm really crying. This is so stupid. He's a bad guy. Well, he's not really a bad guy. He, he's a bad guy. He's a misguided person. He's, um, he's such a complex and complicated character, and Tom Hiddleston has done a beyond wonderful job of bringing this character to life, um, bringing him from the comic book page. From the cells onto the big screen and they couldn't have picked anyone better and I just want to thank him for his incredible performance he's so wonderful um but I wasn't ready to see him die like that that was brutal um and I th- for a little bit I thought it wasn't going to happen because you know it didn't happen um straight away I thought maybe you know it was going to happen a bit sooner than it did And that the way things kind of the events kind of went was like, okay, um, maybe he's going to join them and go to Earth and fight alongside him. Because Kevin Feige said a few months ago, said Loki's allegiance is with Thanos in the film. Obviously, that was a complete misdirect, given what we know now. Um, But the culmination of this scene with him dying was incredible. And the end of. I mean, given that if he's if he is permanently dead because Thanos did say no resurrections this time straight after, is like a nod to the camera um, because you know he's come back twice, but it's such a great way to finish off one of the best characters and one of the most complicated. Like the long, he's had the probably one of the best character arcs out of the entire franchise. He's been in five five of these movies. He was only ever supposed to be in three. He was supposed to be killed off at the end of the Dark World, but then he was so popular and the test screenings didn't really like. The fact that loki died so in that way they were like you can bring him back and they brought him back and then they found a really great way to send him out this way um but i really love the fact that (laughs) i think my favorite line in this whole film and probably my favorite line that loki has ever said um (laughs) he got to say we have a hulk (laughs) i i cheered in my seat i was cheering i was like that's freaking perfect the fact that, you know, they brought back, like, that's one of the things I loved about Ragnarok. And if you've seen my Ragnarok video, you'll know, video, you'll know. the fact that they referenced Avengers 1 with the Hulk smashing, like, the Loki ragdoll scene. Um, and then in this, they've thrown he's thrown back in his final moments as this character. He has pulled a line from his tussle with his, you know, verbal tussle with Tony Stark before the final fight in Avengers 1, where he's like, I have an army, and then Tony's like, we have a Hulk. And then the fact that they got Loki, like, all credit to um, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely for that incredible script. Holy shit, what a great script. And the fact that they got him to say that line was golden, and it's also proof of his growth as a character. And then when he be- just before he dies... Um, you know, he pledges his allegiance, allegiance. You know, he fakes to, to Thanos, and he, he spouts out all his titles. You know, he's Prince of Asgard, um, rightful King of Jotunheim, the God of Mischief, and then he t- and then he and then he takes a breath and he says, "Odin's son," and then he looks to Thor, and then my heart just, oh my God, what a moment! What a moment! The fact that he, because like it was one of the big things of Ragnarok was, you know, Odin. For Loki, anyway, L- L- Odin referring to him as his son. And then Loki finally getting more understanding or realisation or perspective on his story and his adoption and all of that that's traumatised him over the years. And so for him to say Odin's son as one of his final words, and he gestures to Thor, I was just... I, I, I nearly I nearly started crying. because It was just beautiful. Um... And then yeah, and then the moment comes where he dies and that was so brutal. I didn't, I, I, to see him just lifted by his throat and, and just essentially being strangled. And then his last words to Thanos were, you will never be a God. And, and then five seconds later, he's gone, Thanos you know, tightens his grip one last time on around around his neck and you can hear a crack as his neck breaks and Loki, the god of mischief, is no more. And I lost it. I was sobbing. <laughs> I was sobbing. I was just what? <laughs> I'm like I knew it was gonna happen, but for it to happen in such a brutal way was just I wasn't prepared and as you can tell by my reaction now and then yeah and then just to see Thor's reaction and oh god <sighs> yeah it was incredibly powerful stuff that is the mas that is like the mastery of filmmaking at work the fact that they got any of us I mean I'm sure I wasn't the only one that was affected by that scene I know because there are so many fans of this character but yeah to to i was i was gone i after that i was just like i don't know how i'm going to watch the rest of this movie now like how am i supposed to go on and enjoy this film now that i've bit my heart's been crushed by watching that um but yeah i yeah i'm i'm yeah i knew i was going to spend a lot of time talking about loki but obviously cuz i've got the shirt on i've got the, the helmet necklace on i'm this is my loki tribute video <laughs> yeah but you know he could come back we don't we don't also i kind of glossed over heimdall um <laughs> heimdall was killed and he used his last breath to send hulk to earth via bifrost um thank goodness for that because then he was able to warn the rest of them um of the coming conflict um i also wanted to say one quick thing about loki before i move on i just the fact that I like the fact that he tried to survive. Loki did. Like he, um, he told Thanos to kill Thor using the Power Stone, but then he couldn't take it, and he was clearly like struggling with it, uncomfortable. God, what have I done? And then when he he says stop, and then Thanos stops, and then it cuts to a shot of Loki, and he like closes his eyes, and like lets out a breath, and it's like he's resignation to the fact that he's probably about to die now because he's chosen his brother over himself for probably the first time ever like I mean well the end of Ragnarok I guess he he chose to come back but um so maybe that was him choosing Thor then as well but in this that that moment was really also an important mark for him and his growth as a character and his journey so I just wanted to mention that before I move on because I don't want to forget anything especially about all that because it was very powerful and what an incredible way to open your movie okay so let's move on now that the Loki stuff is done let's move on um so I really love this following scene after that when we get to earth we're in new york we're in the sanctum sanctorum um strange and wong are having a funny conversation about money and clothes and stuff um and then you know and then banner just crashes through the ceiling and lands in the stairs and his first words are just thanos is coming and then strange is just like who and then we get cut to title Rah. it's avengers infinity war let's do this okay um uh, yeah and then you know um we get a scene with uh, Tony and Pepper discussing their engagement because they are engaged now and they're going to be married, um, which is exciting. Um, and then, yeah, and then Strange appears to to them through one of his uh, or using his sling ring, and brings Bruce with him to be like really emphasise the the fact that something's very wrong, um, and also the fact that Bruce is back on Earth because this is the first time they've seen each other in three I guess three years at this point because he left. <laughs> Uh, 2015 age of ultron so three years um yeah and then just the right from the get-go the banter between strange and stark perfect exactly what we wanted to see on screen um the clashing of the egos the the two these two stubborn pig-headed very proud egotistical men clashing coming together um obviously going to be conflicting um and i they, they did it so well the dialogue between them was fantastic um really really enjoyable um yeah i really i really loved seeing that that's probably my favorite thing about this whole film is seeing all these characters come together for the first time the amount of people that are in this movie all these characters we've been watching for the past 10 years and some of them have never met before and most of them haven't crossed paths especially guardians with the avengers obviously um so that's um but yeah my favorite thing characters meeting for the first time like Wonderful. Um, and then yeah, the, the ensuing battle is, is quite good. Um, you know, they, something immediately is up and you know, um, who is it? Ebony Moore and, uh, Cole Obsidian, two of Thanos's children have arrived in New York to, um, get the time stone, um, of, um, of Dr. Strange and so that's the fir- that's a, the first big conflict we have between Thanos Thanos's forces and the Avengers um, and it's a lot of fun it's really really good i i really love a lot of the lines that they get in this Tony Stark in particular has some really crack like great cracker lines he says um, cup, one one of my favorites uh, earth is closed today <laughs> it was very good um he calls Ebony Moore Squidward as well, which was freaking fantastic. Probably my new favourite nickname that he's given anybody. Um that was very good. Um and then the uh this is so this is the second film in a three arc, three film arc for the Hulk. Um so and obviously in this film the Hulk is struggling with his, you know, um well, Hulk and Banner, they're really at odds after the events of Ragnarok and and then obviously Hulk fighting. Thanos um, in the opening scene, which I forgot to mention as well, because of all the Loki feels, Um, but they threw down after, obviously, Loki's like we have a Hulk, and then Thanos makes quick work of him, and it was so brutal to see, like, the the Hulk is one of the most powerful characters in this universe, and to see him get taken down so brutally after like probably a minute of fighting was just whoa, okay, this is serious. This is super, super serious. He beat the Hulk. We're Shit is definitely real now. Um, so, yeah, and then Hulk doesn't want to come out anymore because he's just like, nah, sorry, right. I'm checking out. I'm scared. Nah, don't want to do it. I'm not, I'm not here, sorry. But the first scene where, where Banner tries to get Hulk to come out is so funny. I mean, it's a bit. It's used as a bit of a gag throughout the film, but um, and it works. It's not forced at all, and it's fine to be a, a gag because um, it is a bit funny, the fact that after all this time, um, Banner and Hulk c- can't, you know, the Hulk doesn't want to take over. He's happy just being dormant now, um, because he's just so scared, I guess, of what Thanos did, and and he doesn't want to fight. And he's just he's had the crap kicked out of him for the first time ever. So understandably, he's very, you know, traumatized. But I just love the scene where where, where Banner's trying to get him to come out. You see him sort of go green a bit, and then he just can't do it. And then Tony turns to him, and he's like. Dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. <laughs> Lost my shit when I when he said that. That was so funny. Like, another one of the great lines Tony Stark gets in this film. Uh, it's, yeah, it's really good. But, yeah, and then I really like Ebony Moore. I think he's probably my favorite out of all of uh, the Black Order, the children of Thanos, followed closely by Proxima Midnight because I think she's badass. Um, but um, Ebony Moore was definitely the most interesting of them all um and i liked what they did with him um that was really good but yeah the obviously then spider-man comes in because um you know he, his class they're on a bus coming back from coney island and then the ship appears and then and then peter's the first to see it because he's Spider. We we get the first ever incarnation of spidey sense actually on the screen and that was super cool and he turns around sees the ship and then he's like ned i need a distraction make a distraction <laughs> Cause the distraction, and then Ned just sees the ship. He's like, we're all going to die. <laughs> oh, bless. Bless Ned. That was so good. He didn't even, like, yeah, perfect distraction. So funny. Um, and then Stanley's cameo. That's where that happens. I'm glad they got that out of the way early, given what follows in the rest of the film. But, yeah, he's the bus driver. And he's like, haven't you ever seen a spaceship before? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Yes. Um, and then yeah, Spidey comes in and yeah, and he works works with, with Iron Man to to stop um, Ebony Moore getting his hands on Strange because Strange has put a spell on the Time Stone, so we can't take it from him. Um, so he has to take Doc Strange, and he ends up winning and getting Strange up in the ship, and then um, and then Tony. Oh, I forgot to mention Tony Stark's armor in this movie. Holy cow! The way they introduced that armor was so good. And everyone was just cheering and just screaming and like he steps forward and that like he presses his thing his little arc reactor like housing unit for nanites he calls it um, because his suits made of nanites and but then he taps it and then he takes a step forward and then it's just spreading all over him as he goes and it's just like oh my god so good (laughs) I've forgot to mention it. It's so amazing. And then he has like all these new little features um, with the armor. Like he had those like blasters come out of his back and like shoot forward. And, and then he has the like the like the wing looking things that appear later in the film. Oh, it was so cool. And then he yeah, and then he gets Friday to like, he's like, Friday, give me a boost. When he's heading up to the, the flying donut, as he calls it. Um, and you know, his, his feet combine together to form this big booster. And then he like sonic booms up towards the ship. And which Spidey's on and Doctor Strange is on. He has to, you know, go go with them against Pepper's wishes because she tries to call him, and say, "You're not on that ship, please tell me you're not on that ship." And he's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I gotta do this." You know, 2 a.m. Well, so I don't know if I don't know what's gonna happen with them if they're gonna get married or not because you know there's a good chance Pepper might be dead. But we'll get that to that part at the end of the video. Um, but yeah, freaking awesome. Okay, after that, I think, is when we get the introduction to the Guardians in this movie. Um, And they're just, they're driving. Apparently, they're new. driving. They're flying their new ship. I think it's. I I think it's supposed to be a new ship. It's not the Milano. I think it's supposed to be called the Benatar, apparently. That's what I've I've been seeing online. I should have researched that before I started. I forgot to. But yeah, that's the whispers. This is a new ship. Because it looks new, because of the way they're all. when you, when, you know, you get the, the shot of them. You know they're all in their seats and they're all singing the song or falling asleep like Jax is or Groot's playing his game. Um, it looks a lot different, obviously, to the Milano did. So I think yeah, it's the new ship and it's supposed to be called Benatar after Pat Benatar, which is pretty badass. Um, but yeah, perfect way to intro- introduce them. They've intercepted the Asgardian distress um, call that was sent out at the very beginning of the film, um, and you know, in pure Guardian style, they're like, "We'll come and we'll rescue them," and if. You know, if we come and we can't rescue them, then we'll just steal their shit because we're the guardians of the galaxy, and it's we do a bit of both. That's how we roll. Um, so yeah, that was really, really great way to introduce them. Um, and then obviously Thor hits their windshield, and and then they bring him inside because he's still alive somehow after Thanos blew up the the arc using the um, the, the the power stone like that was brutal um but yeah he's somehow he's still alive because he's he's Thor the god of thunder um and yeah and they bring him on the ship and straight away just the the clashing of the two worlds wonderful um just Drax in the scene is perfect everything he says is great it's like, that's not a dude you're a dude that's a man it's like a if a pirate and an angel had a baby <laughs> so so funny and then of course after he wakes up um and then quill starts imitating his voice <laughs> he starts putting on this like deeper tone and starts trying to imitate the asgardian accent and it's quite funny like incredibly funny and how jealous he's is getting of like gamora you know rubbing her hands on his muscles and stuff and that whole thing is just perfect it's great um and then obviously once they realize what's happening um Thanos now has two Infinity Stones. Don't ask me how Thor knew about Xandar dis- being destroyed. And the Guardians didn't. And he said last week. And I'm like, how does last week fit in? How did he know? Did he hear... Was it in, like, the Sakaar news or something? <laughs> like, I don't... I don't know. Unless there was a week between... I mean, there very well could have been a week between the end of Az- the end of Ragnarok where, you know... Um, Thor's like, Earth it is. After he's kind of been crowned officially king. Um... Maybe there's a week between that and then that scene where, because he's like, we're gonna go to Earth, and then this, the post credit scene where Thanos rocks up and Thor and Loki are like talking about bringing Loki back to Earth and whether or not it's a good idea. Um, maybe there's a week between that and that's when um, Xandar got destroyed. It must, must be. But I don't know how he found out. I don't, yeah, it's weird. And the fact that the Guardians didn't know, that's, yeah, that's probably my first issue with the movie. That and the fact that I didn't talk about it either, but. Going back to Loki again. Um, (laughs) Everyone's like, shut up, Stop talking about Loki. I don't care. I love him. Look at me. Um, The fact that he went out just using his dagger, um, I feel like was selling him a bit short, considering the way he died in the dark world and made that an illusion, which is why people, I think, are like, there's definitely a, a chance they could bring him back down the line. It would definitely cheapen the death, and I get that they had to kill him off, and the way they did it was wonderful and excellent storytelling. Um, Very, very sad, of course. But I feel like he could have got out of that situation using his magic. That's all I'm saying. So anyway, moving on. Um, Yeah, so Thor's like, well, I need to go get a new weapon because um, we're not going to be able to stop Thanos unless I get a new weapon. So he's like, well, we need need to go to Nidavellir, which is one of the nine realms of the cosmos, um, which is pretty cool. And it's the home of the dwarves. Um, and yeah, and that's where the, that's where Mjolnir was forged, um, in the heart of the Dying Star, that's there, that's where the, that's where Mjolnir came from, um, which is super cool. So Thor's like, well, we need to go there, and then Rocket's like, all about weapons, of course, so he wants to go. So he, he brings Groot, and they, the three of them team up, and they go to Nidavellir, and then Gamora, uh, Star-Lord, Drax, and Mantis all realise they have to go to nowhere because Thor tells them the reality stones are nowhere so that's where Thanos is obviously going to be heading next. Um, And then obviously they get there and it's too late but we'll get into that shortly. Um, Okay, back on Earth, back on Earth we have um, Scarlet Witch and Vision. um, Officially a couple now. So wonderful to see them together. I'm really glad that they brought that story to life in, uh, in the MCU. Obviously they get together in the comics as well. And obviously, as well, if you've seen the whole film, which you have because you're watching a spoiler video, um, the the um, the whole point of them getting together really has such an emotion, carries such an emotional weight throughout this film, and the ending it's very much essential to the story. So it's yeah, I obviously know why they they did it, and they were going to do it, obviously. So um, kind of a redundant statement, but you know what I mean. It had to happen. Um, but yeah, we see them kind of trying to live a normal life. Vision looks like Paul Bettany, which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, and you know, we see them being happy and stuff, going for a walk in Edinburgh, they're in Scotland, and then they get attacked by uh, Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight, and that's a pretty great battle scene as well. Um, really, really cool. Scarlet Witch's powers seem to be growing um, in what she can do, which is really awesome. That's one of the things I liked about this movie the way they use Scarlet Witch and build her up as this big epic powerful being which she really is because she is in the comics as well but in in the MCU they hadn't really shown her off as being the true powerful woman she is and in this movie they really kind of went for that and it was awesome um but then yeah they get attacked and then Vision gets you know shivved with Corvus Glaive's weapon or Proxima Ignite's weapon I think it's Corvus Glaive's weapon yeah like impaled pretty much and um he can't phase anymore so he's like mortally wounded almost right from the get-go and they tried to take the stone and they that was the shot from the trailer of them getting trying to get the stone out of his head and they nearly succeeded but scarlet witch intervened and then um yeah and then things look a bit bleak and then captain america rocks up we had cap finally cap rocks up falcon rocks up black widow rocks up they're all there fighting um and they make quick work of Proxima midnight and corvus glaive which is excellent to see Um, because finally after so much destruction so far in this movie and so much of the bad guys sort of winning um, we finally got a small victory here and as they uh, you know bought themselves some more time by fighting them back Um, so that was really good and then seeing Cap kind of react to being called Cap was interesting I don't know if any of you noticed but when Vision um, I can't remember the line he says but he refers to him as as Captain America And, and I feel like I feel like the look on Steve's face, he kind of takes a beat and then just, just like, he doesn't acknowledge the fact that he just called him Cap, he just kind of says, let's get you on the on the jet. Um, and then they, you know, they return to uh, the Avengers HQ, um, which is awesome to see. We'll get to that in a sec. Um, what else do we have? Oh yeah, the scene where Gamora says, promises, gets Starla to promise her Um, that if, you know, she ends up with Thanos, that Star-Lord will make the call to kill her because she'd rather die than return to him, um, which was incredibly powerful scene and wonderful to see them, um, you know, kiss for the first time. They're officially together. Like that was so wonderful to watch. Um, and then, and then, yeah, Drax just comes in and breaks the tension a little by thinking he's invisible. You just see standing there, just eating some snacks and watching them. Um, and then he's just like—he's—he's he's convinced, absolutely, one hundred and ten percent, that he can't be seen because he's like, if I stand very, very still, I cannot be detected, you know. Like, and then, and then, um, Mantis walks and he's like, "Hi, Drax." <laughs> so funny. I and then he—he he just gives up and it's like, "God damn it, it didn't work." I really, really, really like that. There's another scene not long after that where we get Thor um, kind of just really mourning um, the loss of Loki um, and Heimdall and half of his people. Because he specifically says half of his people have died. So the assumption we as the audience have now had to make is that Valkyrie, Korg and Meek took the other half of the Asgardians out of the Ark before it exploded and went somewhere. Like we really don't know where they've gone. Um, but that'll come up in Avengers 4 Hopefully, I'm sure it will um, So yeah And then Thor's just kind of sitting there And then Rocket's, Rocket, man <laughs> Rocket's character growth Is fantastic and in this movie Is wonderful because The Rocket from Guardians 1 would not Have done the, the right thing And gone around and sat next to um, Thor and talked to him About his, you know His dead brother as he puts it Um because, yeah, I think after the events the events of Volume 2 where, you know, the dealings with Yondu and losing him and stuff and the fact that Yondu and Rocket had that connection, I think that's definitely changed him. Um, especially because the last shot, as I said in my video, the last shot of Volume 2 before the credits roll is Rocket shedding a tear for Yondu. So I think that and then so that's obviously visible in this scene where he's like, time to go be the captain, even though he's not the captain, he's like, time to go be the captain. And then he goes to talk to Thor and then Thor's just yeah he's clearly devastated um over the loss of all everything he just especially Loki and he's like you know well he's died before so but then he's like but this like, this time I think it might might be might be for real um but and then yeah him and Rocket just have a really wonderful conversation and and then the Rocket's just like are you sure you're up to this like you're how are you even holding it together? And that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, how is he even standing? I mean, he was sitting at the time. But you know what I mean? Like how he I, he should have been catatonic. Like the amount of loss he's experienced in like such a short period of time—poor, incredible. Like no one should have to bear that. Um, and then yeah, the fact that he just kind of says, you know, um, all my emotions have, that I'm now feeling have help me to see clearly and they will help me in destroying Thanos so I'll be fine I'm ready to go he says Um, and then you see the tears falling down his face as he you know as he cries for you know everyone he's lost Um, I want to think it's mostly for Loki because it's like well you know he finally kind of got his brother back in a way Um, so and then the fact that he never really fully got a chance to I mean he sort of redeemed himself kind of by sacrificing himself there but yeah you know it's after nearly 1500 years together the brothers Odinson are no more so yeah he's obviously very upset um but I love that scene and then he just he just wipes the tears tears away and then they carry on um god okay back to um the flying donut <laughs> um so I really love the fact that we got another pop culture reference out of Peter Parker in this very very good Um, they use the, um, reference from Aliens to kill Ebony Moore. um, um, yeah, Stark blasts a hole in the side of the ship, and, um, and then blasts Ebony Moore out into space, and he dies, which is, yay, much rejoicing, um, and they save Strange, which is awesome. It's not as good as the reference in, uh, Civil War, when he says, you guys ever see that really old movie, Empire Strikes Back? Um, it's, um... Yeah, because he says the same thing. it's like, you ever see that old movie, Aliens? Yeah, like it's like, I get they're hitting the same beat and it's fine, because like that's Peter Parker and that's what he, he, how he is in these movies and I love it. But, um, and yeah, and Aliens, I love, the Alien franchise is one of my favorites as well. So seeing that reference happen was super cool. Um, and then, you know, interaction with, with uh, Strange and Stark and Spider-Man was awesome. The whole, oh, we're using our made up names is just golden, perfect. And then Strange is intense in this scene as well because he's just like because they're like, well, we're gonna we're gonna go to Titan. We may as well continue on this course, and then we can, you know, take the flight to Thanos and stop him. Um, So, yeah. And then um, Strange is like, if it comes to you or the kid or the Time Stone, I will let both of you die if it means protecting it. Um, Which is ruthless, but makes sense because he's. a you know he's oh, i don't know if he's officially the sorcerer supreme yet but you know he's the protector of the timestones so um, it makes sense that he would he would think like that and say say that and and, and it also makes sense in a grand scheme of things because you know if thanos gets his entire collection of infinity stones on his hand then well you know half the universe is going to die and that's a lot of people so better to kill unfortunately two people to save trillions as uh, strange says so um so it makes sense um uh, then we cut to nowhere where we can't this is going to be a really long video we're already nearly approaching 40 minutes sorry thank you for watching um <laughs> nowhere we get the um wonderful scene powerful scene. it's a really interesting scene because it's like a mixture of humor and and dramatics um and tension in this scene because thanos has already beaten them to nowhere. he's killed the killed the collector He's taken the reality stone and tricked them into thinking uh, that they had a chance. And then, um, yeah, and it's quite, quite powerful then. I mean, I think I should mention just before this, because I completely forgot, but we got to see um, a bit of the backstory between Gamora and Thanos, when Thanos and, um, you know, and his armies, the Chitauri, made a... Resurgence in this film, which is really interesting and really cool. Um, but yeah, they they launched their attack on um, Nebula's Nebula Nebula Gamora's homeworld um, and slaughtered half of her people because Thanos really just sees that the universe must be balanced, and to do that, in order to bring that he balance to the universe, he must wipe out half half of it. So he was going around planet to planet, killing half the population in order to save it. Uh, very twisted logic but it's weird the way he explains it. It makes sense in a weird way, which is why he wants to get the infinity stones. Cause then he can just do it with a click of his fingers and no one really has to suffer too much. He doesn't have to go around killing everyone. He can just do it and it's done. Um, balance store restored to the universe. Um, but yeah, we, there's a really lovely scene with him and, you know, child Gamora on her homeworld, um, where he, you know, gives her the little dagger and shows the balancing and stuff—it's really wonderful um, seeing that and their beginnings as sort of a father-daughter relationship, which is what it is. And then when we get to the scene in nowhere, when they're—you know—Gamora clearly, I mean, she betrayed him for a reason, so she clearly hates him um, and tries to kill him, and then fails, and then she makes Peter shoot him—a shooter—and that was—I was holding my breath the whole time. I was like. <sighs> I'm like I don't want to watch Gamora die, but at the same time I was like Peter, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. You've got to do it. And then um, Thanos used the Reality Stone to turn his blast into bubbles, and he escaped with Gamora, and that was the last time Peter ever saw her. Because yeah, she meets her end not long after that. Um, But it's an intense and powerful scene, and the fact that they said I love you to each other as well was super important and great to see um very well done um okay back on earth there is a scene with um general ross um appearing as sort of a hologram having a conversation with Rhodey at the avengers hq um and then cap black widow falcon scarlet witch and vision all rock up um and ki- kindly kind of tell ross to go screw himself and that was a really good scene and you kind of see the the backlash of the uh, Sokovia Accords. Because um, Rhodey kind of has come around to the idea of they're maybe not a good idea. Even though Ross is like, I'm pretty sure your signature was on that piece of paper as well. Um, and then he just orders Rhodey to arrest them. And he's like, no, nah, see ya. Um, and then, yeah, they have a big a big uh, conversation at HQ. And, and Banner and Nat reunite, for like a better word. Um And that was really... I really wish we had more time to explore that in this film. Obviously, there was so much going on that we really can't. And I think that will happen in Avengers 4. But um, the first time them seeing each other since Age of Ultron was... Yeah, it was definitely a moment. And the look on Nat's face really said it all. When she was like, hi, Bruce. And he was like, hi, Nat. And they just kind of stared at each other for a little bit. And then Falcon's just like, well, this is awkward. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm excited. And hopefully we get to see... Um, some exploration of their relationship and what happens between them um, in Avengers 4 would be great. Um, Okay. And then back to Gamora and Thanos um, having a big old conversation. And um, Thanos has found out that Nebula... uh, Why do I keep saying Nebula? I don't know why. They're sisters, but not sisters. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway. um, Thanos has figured out that Gamora lied because he, turns out the whole time, he sent Gamora to go get the uh, Soul Stone. Um, that was one of her missions for him. And she found it, and then that, I think that was probably the moment where she was like, no, nah, I'm not doing this for you anymore, I'm betraying you. So, um, And then she went to work for Ronan um, to try and get the Power Stone. Um, or the Orb, but I don't think she knew it was an Infinity Stone. Anyway, um, so yeah, and she told Nebula, she knew where it was, and that betrayed You know betrayed her to Thanos Um, and then we see Nebula being tortured which was pretty brutal to watch as well it's kind of a parallel between Thor and Loki there as well as siblings Um, you know one of them not as good as the other and just kind of you know I guess well in this situation Gamora's in Loki's position because she knows she has a stone and and Thanos is torturing her sister so it's parallel between the scene from the beginning of the film when Thor's being killed essentially um so yeah um and then you know Gamora realizes there's no point because Thanos knows that she knows and so she's like it's on Vormir which is this planet um no one's ever heard of in the MCU before brand new planet um and then yeah they go there um and here comes probably the biggest reveal of the entire film Red Skull I my jaw dropped to the floor when this happened. I was just like, are you kidding? Yes. I was like, yes, 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 yes. Another excellent point of bringing this whole 10 year storyline full circle, the fact that they were able to bring the Red Skull into this and use him in this way was perfect. It was not Hugo Weaving, though, guys. If you think it's Hugo Weaving, it's just an actor named Ross Marquand doing an exceptional Hugo Weaving impression. Um, Lovely. Very good voice. Very spot on. And I kind of knew it was Red Skull before we got the face, because I recognised the voice straight away. I'm like, holy shit, that's Red Skull. And then we saw his face, and then everyone in the theatre just lost their minds. So, so good. Exceptional. Frickin' Marcus McFeely. Just amazing well done um and then yeah the whole the the part about the soul stone i like all our theories were wrong like the theory we thought we thought it was in heimdall because you can see every soul in the cosmos makes sense right um or the theory that it's inside the vibranium meteorite that crashed to earth and it's in wakanda and part of the reason why they're so advanced and powerful and all of that um and, and why, you know, why would they be in Wakanda in the trailer? And we know now it's because they were trying to protect, protect Vision from Thanos, um, which makes sense because I think we already knew that anyway. But, you know, we all kind of thought that's where the Soul Stone was. I mean, and we'd never heard of Vormia, so we had no idea where, wh- what this place is. And so, but the fact that they were able to take our expectations and completely flip them and turn them into something just completely out of left field. We had no idea it was going to happen um, and save it for this movie. In such a powerful way, it makes total sense. Like they would have had this idea years ago, um, and which would be why they didn't bother to include the soul, the soul Stone in any of the films. They would have been like, "Well, this is what the Soul Stone is. It's on this planet. It's been guarded by Red Skull. He can't get it because the only way to get it is to sacrifice someone you love um, in order to to get it. It demands like a, a sacrifice, an exchange." Um, which I gotta say, when he said that. Specifically says demands a sacrifice. I think was the phrase. Just made me think of the Knights of St. Ne and Monty Python: The Holy Grail. The Knights of St. Ne demand a sacrifice. Um, that's just where my brain went the second time I watched it. <laughs> um, but that, and when Red Skull says that, and, and Gamora straight away she it takes her a few a couple of minutes to realize that because she just firmly believes that because she hates him so much that. There is no way that he he loves her, and he knows she knows him so well, as if there's anything that he loves. Like, and I just love how she's like. I I drew, used to dream of a day when you know, um, you know, when the cosmos would deny you something you wanted, like this, like you know. Um. So she she thought everything was gonna be fine, and then when she realized, he turned around, and and she and Thanos was crying. Thanos was crying. What the hell? I mean, straight away we all knew Gamora was going to die and it was weird that she took a few a few moments to figure it out. And then, and then Red Skull's just like, those are not tears for him. Um, yeah, the tears are not for him. They're for you, essentially. And then she realises, and then he's just like, I'm sorry, little one. I love how he calls her little one. It's such an endearing little um, nickname for her. And then he grabs her and throws her off the cliff. And and the whole theatre just kind of lost it Um, I cried, I started crying again (laughs) because it's Gamora and she's amazing and kick-ass and wonderful and she only just got together with Peter and then now she's dead Um, but in the process of her sacrifice, as heartbreaking and tragic it is we really got the best villain in the MCU and I say this wearing a Loki shirt and necklace. <laughs> um, like, I mean, only just. I'm going to admit, only, only just better than Loki. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the fact that this is a man who's, yes, he's crazy. He's mad. He does, he's not called the Mad Titan for no reason. Was able to just, for the greater good, take his daughter and kill her um and then how he was clearly so devastated by it like from there from that point on from the rest of the film he's in mourning you can see it and the things he says and um as well so it's just it's like wow like he's so much more than just a maniacal baddie who wants to destroy everything there is so much more to thanos than meets the eye and they've done such a great job in bringing this to life and he was the villain we deserved the villain that we waited 10 years for and the build-up was worth it and it was brilliant brilliantly done <sighs> But that's yeah, that's powerful um, So we get oh, where are we now? Um, I guess you know we get to Titan Iron Man Spider-Man Doctor Strange La- crush land the flying donor on Titan um, and then immediately are, are come upon by Star-Lord Drax and uh, and Mantis um, and they have an epic conflict, and it's so awesome. I love it. That that was probably my favourite clash of characters, I guess. I don't know, it's hard to kind of pick a favourite scene where the characters meet for the first time, but that was pretty freaking great. Um, um, seeing them all fight against each other for that little bit kind of, you know, reminds you of the scene from the first Avengers when Thor, Cap, and Iron Man all kind of fight to get against each other for the first time um, when Thor tries to take Loki. Um, but this scene was great because it's like, um, <laughs> just because the, just the banter between them all is awesome. It's so well written. Um, and when I think <laughs> when is just like, where's Gamora? And then, and then Tony Stark's like, I'll do you one better. Who is Gamora? And then Drax is like, <laughs> Drax is like, no, how about why is Gamora? <laughs> Funny, Drax is so funny in this movie, and it's not forced. Because some of the humor in Volume Two was a little bit over the top. In this film, perfection, great. Um, I loved that so much. Um, okay, uh, and then yeah, I think after that we get Nidavellir. Back to Nidavellir, um, they get there and see it, and then you know obviously the stars been turned out because Thanos. Basically wiped out the dwarves. We learned from Eitri, who was played by Peter Dinklage, um, in this secret role that he had this whole time. We had no idea who he was going to play. There were theories that he was going to be Eitri, and then it was proven correct because we knew Stormbreaker was going to be in the film. So then we were like, okay, so they must be going to need of Valir at some point. Um, and yeah, and there's a second gauntlet there, um, which they make a point of showing. So I feel like that might come back in Avengers four. Just saying. Um, but yeah, each was clearly devastated by the loss of his people. Thanos just killed them all except for him and, and turned the star off. So then, um, Thor, Groot and Rocket have to help him make, uh, restart the star and make Stormbreaker. Um, and that whole sequence is awesome. Turning on the turning, the turning on of the star and obviously Thor can survive in space for a while before dying. Um, which we learned, obviously, by the fact that he was still alive, floating in space, when the Guardians rocked up. But then the fact that he's roaming around in space, flying, like flying around, um, traveling between the two bits of the star and stuff. Um, but yeah, that was really, really cool. Um, yeah, and then the fact that Groot got to be the ha- made the handle was awesome. Um, yeah, very, very well done. And I love the fact that Thor calls Rocket Rabbit. That's perfect. And at first, he, he, he questioned it. He's like rabbit um and then in the end he just lets it go because Thor doesn't call him rocket at all he just calls him rabbit the whole time it's wonderful um okay so and then we get to um i guess back to wakanda we get um a shot of bucky gets his new arm super awesome and then um half of the avengers rock up um so they can print they can protect uh, Vision and, and try and get the Mind Stone out of him so they can destroy it, so they don't destroy Vision in the process, um, which is where Shuri comes in with her badass intelligence, um, and they figure out how to do that. And so before the big battle starts, that's what they're trying to do. But I love the scene where, um, where Banner's like, should we bow? They're royalty, right? Should we bow? And, 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 and uh, Rhodey's just like, yeah, of course we should. He's a king. Um, and then they get, get off the plane, walks up, Banner bows, and then Rody's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then T'Challa's just like, we don't do that here. And then just the look on Rody's face, the the smile, is so good. So funny. Love it. Um, yeah. Okay. So then after that, uh, we get the beginning of the end of the film and I've talked for nearly an hour now, so I'm very sorry. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a long one. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then the big battle happens. The Outrider army crashes down uh, to, into Wakanda. With, um, at first, we only see two of them, Proxima Midnight and Cull Obsidian, um, leading the charge for Thanos until Thanos rocks up later. And then, yeah, the fighting ensues. And it's the most epic, brilliant battle you will ever witness in a film. Like on this scale comic book movie just so good and everybody gets a chance to really kind of kick ass and shine and take some people down and finally Steve Rogers gets something good to do it's one of my gripes with this movie tiny new tiny gripe is that they don't really use Steve Rogers that much um i feel like they could have used him a bit more but it's it's a small complaint in a movie with like a Fifty million amazing characters that can only have so much screen time so i guess it made sense for the story um but yeah seeing them all fighting in action against the outriders and the children of thanos brilliant 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 and then um yeah and then freaking uh what's his name corvus glaive i keep forgetting his name corvus glaive has snuck in Um, to where Shuri is trying to extract the Mind Stone from Vision um, and she stops him from completing it and then Vision and Corvus Glaive tussle and they fight Um, and then Vision ends up killing him which is great, Um, but Vision is mortally wounded in the process he's going to die. But the fighting is just so good seeing Okoye and Scarlet Witch and, and Black Widow take on Proxima Midnight and fight and just destroy and just it's so amazing so good so kick ass um everybody just just has such a great moment in that battle it's wonderful meanwhile on titan we have tony stark we have star lord we have drex we have mantis we have spider-man we have doctor strange uh fighting thanos and i love it i love every second of that whole thing it's incredible um every moment in that scene is just you're on the edge, like, what's gonna happen? How how are they gonna stop him? And they're they're just coming at him from all sides, all of them using all of their powers and everything and it's just, it's just such a spectacle and so brilliantly done and I love the humour they throw in with, like, Spider-Man coming between, um, you know, sling ring portals and saying magic and more magic and magic with a kick! Like, just launching himself at him, throwing his, his you know, his webs in his face and stuff, which is straight out of the comics by the way. Um, freaking amazing. Star Lord giving him the finger and falling through a portal like oh, just, and every, like everything and Tony's suit, we see the like the, the, the wing things come out and just Tony kicking major ass. Like all of them. And Doctor Strange gets a really great moment to shine where he casts that spell to kind of make, like clone himself in a similar way to Loki does. Um, that was freaking cool to see. Loved it. Um, God, I feel like I'm forgetting something. But just... And then the fact that they all get him. They all bring him together. And they're all holding him and pulling at him from different sides. Mantis is, like, you know, making him sleep. Like, but not fully sleep because he's so powerful. She can't really fully put him under like she did with Ego. Um, And then, you know, and then Tony and and Peter Parker are trying to pull off the gauntlet from his hand. And and Drax is pulling on him from another side. And then Star-Lord flies in and he's just like, where's Gamora? What have you done with Gamora? That's all I care about right now. And then, and then Mantis is like, he mourns. And then he's like, asshole! Tell me you didn't do it. Um, and then we find out, you know, or he finds out. But he's like, I had to. And then Peter Quill loses it, completely loses it. And and fricking props to fricking Chris Pratt, man. What a what a performance. He needs an Oscar because he's the way he he expresses his emotions is just so good and so heart-wrenching. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, But then, you know, obviously he, he, as uh, Tony Stark says to uh, Peter Parker in Homecoming, you screwed the pooch. Um, He screwed the pooch big time because they almost had the glove off. They practically had it off. It was like hanging on by like a tiny little bit. They nearly had it off. And then freaking Star-Lord had to fuck everything up. (laughs) god damn it um and then yeah they they fight him and then they lose and um thanos stabs tony stark pretty brutally through the torso and then that was the moment in the theater everyone held their breath and in shock like this is it we're about to watch tony stark die this is it it's about to happen oh my god i can't believe it's actually come to this and then out of nowhere doctor strange is just like wait Spare him and I'll give you the stone. And then everyone's just like, um, weren't you the guy who, like, an hour ago said that you would kill him or let him die if it meant protecting the stone? Um, okay, sure. Um, and then, you know, they make the trade and then, and then uh, Thanos says one to go and then buggers off. Um, but then, you know, Tony Stark says, I mean, sorry, Stephen Strange says to Tony Stark, it's like, we're in the end game now, because Tony's just like, why did you go and do that? Um, because it was the one possibility, because just before the big battle happened on Titan, um, uh, Strange was using the time stone to see forward in time to all the different possibilities or, uh, um, and outcomes of the battle, um, the fight against Thanos, and there's only one in which they win. And the one in which they win is where he gets all the stones and one which Tony Stark is alive. And that's another thing I should mention, the fact before Thanos leaves, I love the fact that he's like, he knows who Tony Stark is, and he's like, you're not the only one cursed with knowledge. Um, I hope they explore that in the next film, I want to know more about that, how the hell does he know who Stark is? I, yeah, I mean, it's got to have something to do with Avengers 1, so I think there might be a connection being made in the next film somewhere there, but that that was really powerful um okay so cut back to wakanda and they're fighting and they're fighting and fighting and then thanos rocks up and just kicks us. he has five infinity stones and he just beats them <clears throat> senseless he puts puts banner in 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 a rock formation like he's stuck in the suit in the rock formation he's he like he punches cap he pretty much knocks him out he you know he he knocks back just everyone he just freaking oh god destruction until all that's left that stands between vision and thanos is scarlet witch and that moment oh my god that moment where scarlet witch is like she because vision's like you've got to kill me now i'm so sorry i didn't want it you know it has to be you it's it's very it's unfair but it's got to be you you have to do this it's one person or half the universe you have to kill me and the fact that and then he says i love you and then and he quotes the line back to uh, uh, the line that she said earlier in the film, and she's like, "All I see is you." He's like, he says, "You could never hurt me. All I see is you." And he's, it's just the love for them is just perfectly executed, wonderful. Um, but and then and then she's crying because she's she's she kill she starts to kill him. She starts to use her powers to kill the Mind Stone and kill kill Vision, and she succeeds just before Thanos can reach her because she's fighting him back at the same time. And it's so powerful, and I got tears. I was just like jesus christ oh god and then visions destroyed and then thanos is like you know i know how you feel i can relate i've just you know i just had to kill my daughter um and then you know scarlet which is just like you know you you could never understand i guess whatever she says um and then But then he winds back time, using the time stone that Dr Strange gave him, brings Vision back, only to pull the mind stone out of his head and kill him in such a brutal way. And he turns all grey and stuff, and it's just so eerie, and And he puts the time stone in, and he gets all six stones. He got all six stones. I cannot even. I didn't think that was going to happen. What? blah that was such an intense moment he gets all six stones and then Thor comes in with Stormbreaker I forgot to mention Thor and Stormbreaker I got so sidetracked freaking Thor Groot and Rocket join the fight in Wakanda and it's amazing and he comes in with Stormbreaker and all the lightnings everywhere and it's just yes he just kicks ass Thor is so good he's my favorite character in this movie I love it so much and then my favorite quote before I start talking about all the sad stuff my favorite freaking quote in this film, apart from the we have a Hulk from the start. I am Groot. I am Steve Rogers. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marvel, for giving that moment to us because God freaking damn it, it was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I love it. And the interaction between Thor and Cap is awesome. It's like I see you stole my look. (laughs) Awesome. Anyway, back to the heartbreak. Um... (laughs) So, yeah, and then we get freaking, um, God. <sighs> Thor comes in with Stormbreaker, throws it at Thanos. Thanos tries to beat it back using the gauntlet, but because Stormbreaker is so powerful, it's even more powerful than, than Mjolnir. And then it gets him right in the chest, straight in, and then Thor comes and he pushes it in, and he's like, I told you, you'd die for that, based on, uh, after, which is what he said after he killed Heimdall. Um, before Loki died, he said that to him, um, I told you, you'd die for that. And then he pushes it in even further. And then Thanos manages to barely struggle out the words, but he gets the man, he's like, you should have gone for the head and then cut to the glove and he makes the snap. And I think the whole theater cried out and then was suddenly silenced, just, just like the death of Alderaan in, in A New Hope. I, I couldn't believe it. And then next scene we get Thanos is facing child Gamora again. And she's like, you know, um, you did it, but what did it cost you? And then he says everything. And then it cuts back to, to earth and Wakanda. And then the gauntlet's all mangled and, and, and on fire and smoking. And then Thor's just like, what did you do? What did you do? What happened? What and then he's, and then he pulls Stormbreaker out. Um, Throws it to the ground? And then disappears using the space stone. He transports himself away. And then Cap's like, where did he go? Where did he go? And then that's when the worst thing that's ever happened in a Marvel movie happens. Bucky turns to ashes. He says, Steve. And fades away. And then Steve's just in shock. He doesn't really react to... Over the top, because I think he doesn't understand what's just happened. His best friend of 70, 80, 90 years, 100 years pretty much, has just turned to dust in front of him. And he just he, he takes, he kneels down, he touches the dust, and that's, and then we cut to Wakandan soldiers f- turning to dust as well, turning to ash. Uh, and then we went, I wasn't. They're we like, What's happening? What's going on? And then and then Black Panther goes. He he says to Okoye, he's like, Get up, get up, this is no place to die and then he fades away. And then he's dead. And then and she's just in complete shock. Like, what's just happened? Um And so are we. We don't have no idea what's going on. And then and then Scarlet Witch goes and she kind of seems content with it because she gets to be with Vision, I think. The look on her face she's not really like scared or worried she's just like she takes us takes a breath and then she's gone um and then Groot fades away and Rocket has to watch it happen they made Rocket be there when Groot he says I am Groot and he kind of groans and then he turns to Ash and Rocket's just like no 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 and then they killed Groot oh I thought he was too adorable to kill what are you doing and then and then we see Sam Wilson turn to dust as well he fades away he was by himself, Rhody was looking for him, and he was by himself, and he, he turned to Ash. And then we're just dumbstruck is what, what, what did we just see? Half these people have died, And then we cut to Titan, and then immediately the audience has just gone, "Oh no." What the hell?" And then Mantis is the first one to realize it, and the first one to die. And she says, "Something is happening." And then she turns to Ash and fades away, followed by Drax, followed by Star-Lord, who just says, oh, man, and then he's gone. Followed by Doctor Strange, who says to Tony Stark, it was the only way. And then he turns to Ash. And then comes the worst part. Peter Parker, 15 years old, says, "Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good." And then soon after that, he cl- he clutches onto Tony. And then and he knows what's happening. He and he just starts begging for his life. He's just like, "I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go." And I can't. It's so brutal and I learned today that Tom Holland improvised that line. What a legend. (laughs) Unbelievable. And he says, I don't wanna go, I don't wanna go. And then he falls down to the ground as he dies and he says, I'm sorry. And the whole theater just watched him turn to ash and we were, we didn't know how to carry on after that because that was so uh, so hard to watch Spider-Man die <laughs> I didn't think that would happen when I went and saw this movie oh god sorry for, for crying but it's so powerful and so emotional and so sad <laughs> um, so they all turned to dust and then we cut back to Wakanda and and then they're kind of like what's happened? What's happening? And then and then we get Thanos he's gone wherever he's gone To watch the sunrise and then he just has this look of contentment on his face Like I've done I've, I've achieved my goal. I've I've succeeded. It's over yeah. And then cut to black And then the credits start to roll and then it's just what <laughs> what just happened and it, no time to explain anything, or kind of... There was no victory, no celebration, no fanfare, no glorious revels. Nothing. Half of our cast is dead. Half of them are dead. The only people that are left are the original Avengers, assuming Hawkeye and and Ant-Man didn't disappear because we don't see them in this movie at all, but so they're all alive. And Rocket is the only guardian left, and then on Titan is Tony Stark and uh, and Nebula. And so we sit there watching the credits and just struggling to process and deal. I was holding my friend's hand on one side; the other hand, I was talking to my friend. And we were—he was asking me if I was okay—and I was just like staring into space, but also shaking my head. And he was shaking his head. He was struggling as well. We were all just so emotional and just so weighted by what we just experienced and then and then the end credit scene came and and it's maria hill and uh nick fury um just before they turn to ash so then we get after that all over again we get to see maria hill disappear and die and then we get to see nick fury die but that they didn't let him die without him saying motherfucker which i thought was brilliant thank you marvel for letting him do that that was great um and then, yeah, and then he turns to Ash, and, but not before he can contact Captain Marvel. The end. Oh, yeah, and then Marvel had the guts to say, Thanos will return, because they're jerks. <laughs> and that was a dick move. And then And then the, the freaking title card turned to Ash as well at the end of the... Oh, man. I was really happy that, I, that they put everyone's name up and I got to see Tom Hiddleston's name on the screen in reference to him being Loki one last time so that made me very happy but at the same time I was just what just happened what what is this movie what happened so now we have a year of just processing it and rewatching it and analyzing it and dissecting it and getting all these theories out how they're going to how they're going to save the day how are they going to how are they going to beat thanos now like that he has all six stones and he can just do whatever he wants and i mean so there's obviously going to be some time travel involved captain marvel is going to obviously play a big big part um the over over like well the big theory people have is that everyone that turned to dust will be brought back um i'd say yes that's most likely going to happen considering everyone that turned to dust is pretty much the future of the mcu um like you know black panther spider-man guardians of the galaxy they've all got movies coming out dr strange as well so they're all coming back but the question is whether or not loki and gomorrah and vision will return um because they were all wiped out before the snap so we don't they might be all they might be permanently dead um but um gomorrah might be trapped inside the soul stone which is why she appeared to thanos at the end and and asked him what it cost Um, and then people are also saying that all the people that turned to ash they're either in the soul stone because there's a realm inside it called the soul world um, which is from the comics and that's where they could be or um, they're in the quantum realm which is going to come into play in ant-man and the wasp which comes out uh, in two months from now Um, so there's so many theories and then we saw there's set photos of Of RDJ, Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth filming scenes from Avengers 1 for Avengers 4. So they're all it's post Battle of New York and they all have their scars and and, you know, wounds and stuff on them. But they look exactly like they did in that. So, yeah, so there's so much so much happening. So much to take in. We have one year until this entire 10 year thing wraps up for real. And then we move into phase four. That will be the last film of phase three avengers 4 we don't know the title yet we don't know anything um it's going to be a, an emotional roller coaster i tell you what though uh it's going to be hard to watch but it's going to be if this movie was this insane and epic and big and huge and just a wonderful culmination of 10 years of storytelling from marvel studios kevin feige just and the russo brothers thank you for making and giving us such a wonderful film That's just made, like I said it in my reaction video, but it's made my, you know, my devotion, our devotion as fans to this franchise completely worth it and validated and everything. Like, like what a time to be alive. Uh So, yeah, so that's where we end. Um, I have talked for 75 minutes about this movie, which is about half the movie's runtime. Um, So I apologize. But I also say thank you if you have stuck with me and watched this whole thing. Thank you and put up with my tears and my coughing and just holy shit but what a movie uh, I'm gonna go see it I don't know how I'm gonna go see- I-, I struggled going to see it the second time because of how emotional it is but I'm gonna go again and just and just enjoy it and enjoy it as much as you can when you watch you know most of your favorite characters die um but yeah I feel like Avengers 4 is gonna be a re- passing of the torch and I think the original team will die and uh, the new team will take over. I think there'll be a... Yeah. Because, I mean, everyone's theory is wrong. We were like, Iron Man's going to die or Cap's going to die. Or both of them. Or well, one's going to die now and one's going to die in the other movie. Didn't happen. All completely wrong. It's exactly like that, that part where Banner just says, Oh, no, this is much worse um, from Avengers 1. Very true. Wise words. Dr. Bruce Banner. Okay. Um, so thank you so much, everyone, for watching this video. I'm sorry I waffled on for so long, but I had a lot to say. I love this film with all my fiber and being. I don't know how it's going to go in terms of me ranking where it sits amongst my favorites, but it's definitely up there. It's better than Civil War, so it's at least my number three, because Civil War was my number three. So um, it's Avengers 1, Ragnarok, and I think now Infinity War. But that might change with more rewatches, who knows. Um, But yeah, uh, thank you so much for watching. can't believe that happened anyway Um, (laughs) I've been a Kendall Richardson um, and yeah this has been non-scripted ramblings